ShareCare is the leading online health and wellness engagement platform, providing millions of consumers with a personal, results-oriented experience by connecting them to the most qualified health resources and programs they need to improve their health. It's time now for ShareCare Radio on RadioMD.com. Here's your host, Dr. Daria. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. So today's topic is a topic that I hate that we have to talk about, but we do. And that's the coping in times of crises. And now, and as scary as it is, as we saw in the last week alone, we are seeing more and more crises, shootings, other mass casualties on a national level that scare ourselves and our family. Of course, we have to take a moment to acknowledge and, and pay our respects to the those lives that were lost during the horrible events in Orlando last week. As an ER doctor, I've seen my fair share of accident and crises victims, and I know how these can be just random. These can be these victims are ordinary people, and that's what really makes this so jarring. It makes me scared, and it makes me mad as a mother of a child today. So I know these emotions are common to many of us, which is why I've brought back one of our favorite guests. She's a a counselor and therapist, Rebecca Glavin of Glavin Counseling. She's going to talk to us about how we can cope in the aftermath of such events and help our children and families cope as well. So Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, and I'm, you know, this is a a tough topic we're talking about today. And I imagine that you have, you know, whether, you know, whether you have clients who may have dealt with and been living through such events, but even if they haven't, it could be surprising how many of us who were removed from the event were affected by it. What do you tell people and how do you help them work through those feelings of, uh, of being affected? Well, I think you're absolutely right. First off, there's so many more and more, um, casualties and crisis events that are occurring in our world, Mm -hmm. that the likelihood that someone you know has been involved in person is a lot higher than it probably used to be. And Mm -hmm. then the existence of social media and um, the way that we as a culture are currently using media really changes the way that we all interact with these events. They're no longer isolated. We see images Mm -hmm. on the TV or on Twitter and and, and, you know, in Instagram, and, and we mm-hmm. kind of, we're, we're seeing them more and more um, as mm-hmm. if we were, all were there. Um, right. You get a really first-person perspective with a lot of these photos yes. and narratives. Mm-hmm. In a different way than I think used to occur before media existed um, in the way we use it as a culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I would first start by saying the best approach is always to try and take a proactive approach. So the more that either you as an individual or you and your organization can be organized and planned and kind of practiced around responses to crisis, the better you are off to respond to them instead of a more reactive approach, which is in the moment or immediately afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So some forethought around that is really important, which is why I'm really glad to be here today to help um, provide some initial kind of thought-triggering comments and questions. Mm -hmm. Um, If, um, let's see... If you were involved in the event, I, I or if you've seen it and or know people who are involved, I think that um, it, first and foremost is kind of um, a focusing on self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, there's often shock and numbness, denial, um, maybe inability to acknowledge the situation has even occurred, and 
um, possibly dissociation or confusing, mm-hmm. um, feeling dazed, and um, difficulty making decisions that, and maybe even suggestibility, so being swayed easily by others. So kind of starting mm-hmm. to notice those signs and signals in yourself is really important. And then you can try and take an approach of, okay, well, what can I do about it? How can I get myself help? What do I need? Mm-hmm. And um, I often think of our emotions as telling us our needs. So you're thirsty and you get a drink. Well, if you're anxious, then you might need soothing. Or if you're scared, you might need to feel safe. So using mm-hmm. your emotions to tell you what you need is really important. That's a really great point. I, you don't think about that. You, you, yes, if you're thirsty, you're hungry, you're tired, we know those physical symptoms to deal with them, but not so well with the emotional, which is why I think we yeah. probably numb them a lot. But I, I think you're right. You make a great point. With social media and the news, we all can get a very firsthand perspective of what happened and of the individuals. And, you know, it makes it very hard, you know, you to then not think, well, well, what, how could that, could that happen in my own place or to my family? And it's scary. So what do you yeah. tell people? Of course, you make it proactive. Are there anything, is there anything you tell people who have that fear to kind of help them kind of maybe put it in perspective, although they're, you know, or something else to help them not be so focused on it and fearful of it at, at the same time, because that's what we don't want. We don't want to let these things make us scared. Yes. So I think there's um, fear kind of exists on a spectrum. So on one end of the spectrum, there's fear that that will happen. um, But maybe the person can um, put it aside and say, well, that might happen. But I want to go about my daily life and try and Mm -hmm. live the fullest life that I can um, in this present moment. And on the other end of the spectrum might be someone who um, is engaging in a lot of avoidance behaviors. So maybe they're engaging in drugs and alcohol or social isolation or or any other type of of behavior that helps them to avoid that fear so significantly that it really impacts the quality of life, whether um, in a professional life, their personal life, um, or, or any aspect of their world. So I think um, trying to identify where on the spectrum, whether it's an individual or a family or um, even a community, that fear mm-hmm. exists is a really important first step. And then I think you try and take kind of, a, like I said, a proactive approach to addressing that fear. So mm-hmm. I would say that, um, you know, if you have a fear that if you go out, something bad will happen, um, it's really important to address that because at some point, in order to improve your quality of life, you have to go out. And that anxiety and that fear when you stay in only exponentially mm-hmm. increases. Um, right. And the, the biggest, the only really evidence-based treatment for that is, um, is exposure therapy, which means beginning to expose yourself mm-hmm. in kind of a methodical way to what is in, in providing that fear. Interesting. So just doing it, exposing yourself over and over again and realizing, okay, I, it went out, that didn't happen. Bad things didn't happen. It was okay. Yeah. So building your collection of evidence that, yes, mm-hmm. I can go out and it didn't happen. But, you know, um, whether it's a mass shooting or a terrorist attack or any of the things that we as a country have seen recently, um, it really it's easier to collect negative evidence mm-hmm. um, and have it stand out more in our minds than positive um, uh, evidence to contrast mm-hmm. it. So yeah, you might your have brain a remembers million, your yeah. brain remembers a negative a lot better than it remembers a positive. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I will. I mean, I would say that depending on what your avoidance behaviors are. I mean, if you're having panic attacks or if you are experiencing a significant level of mm-hmm. anxiety, then 
then the exposure therapy idea really, you you really should seek professional help to, mm-hmm. to help you move through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something that you really need to take on yourself. That There what are if- people who are experienced in that. That's a really great point is seeking, not trying to do this yourself for so many yeah. things with just like we, you wouldn't try to lower your own blood pressure yourself. So why yeah. would you try to f- address something mental health? Now, what if somebody isn't that bad to the point of they're being paralyzed, but it's kind of, you know, may, they're thinking about it. I mean, the recent plane crash and then every time you get on the plane being nervous about the flight, but it's not incapacitating, but it's getting in the way because it makes you very anxious and nervous. Are there kind of things someone can think about, mantras or anything else that can help them so they can be calmer in those circumstances. Yes, absolutely. So if you can get on the plane so that anxiety and the fear isn't stopping you from doing the things that you Mm -hmm. want to do, then I think you really focus on a mindfulness approach in that moment. So how do you, maybe it's deep breathing or maybe it's a guided meditation. You bring on your um, headset and you and you kind of listen to that and try and calm your body. I mean, if you can try, the relaxation response is a response that you can induce through deep breathing or any type of other mindfulness approach, and it can lower your blood pressure, your breathing rate, your heart rate, and your stress hormones. So then mm-hmm. I think you try and focus on that if you're sitting in that chair. If you mm-hmm. are kind of walking, going about your daily life, but, but this is really a reoccurring thought, so it's really intrusive into your mind, then um, you can take... Um, steps to try and seek professional help. I would encourage trying to incorporate a mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. And then I would also take steps like maybe limiting your exposure to social media and TV, Um, seeing Hmm. images um, related to plane crashes or um, to shootings and victims uh, can be really triggering and re-triggering over and over again. And that won't help reduce anxiety. That's a really good point. I mean, some, so to some degree, you're, you're drawn in and you want to go look at that. But that makes sense yeah. to, you know, when it's the next story. And a true confession, I get nervous about planes now as a result of yeah. all these crashes. Maybe it's since I became a mom. I uh, I got to get home to that little one. And so but yeah, that's a really different. great point. Mm-hmm. Everybody's and, different. And I think you can logically challenge it. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the probability that you will get in a car accident is much higher than the probability you will be in a plane accident. Yeah. But we don't... Um, it's hard to challenge that when we tap into our fear response and mm-hmm. and our um, and, and we have a fear response to kind of these right. thoughts that were that exist. Yeah, you're right, and it's taking one of those. I end up I do mindfulness practices on the plane when I'm getting nervous, yeah. and it, it takes you out of that emotion because when you're in that emotional state, I can throw in as many facts and statistics at you <laughs> as I want; they're not going to stick. But when you no, can do you a can't mindfulness, access your higher no, cognitive it, functioning. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. But when you can do a mindfulness practice, bring it down, cool down the flames of emotion and anxiety, then you can let that statistics and you know, logic exactly. register. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. Now, what about kids? You know, my yeah. daughter's you know two years old. She doesn't know, doesn't know, isn't paying attention. Your children are younger as well. But what about somebody who has a, you know maybe a little bit older child or a teenager? You know, how do you keep them from being frightened by these because they don't even understand what's going on? Okay, so then I will go back to um, I would definitely limit TV exposure. I mean, there are a lot mm-hmm. of images on TV, whether it's CNN or a news station or whatever um, media outlet you use, but the kids really don't need to have in their heads. Um, mm-hmm. There's an acronym I really like um, to use, which is if you take the word think and you start with T, is it true? H, is it helpful? 
I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? I really would encourage parents and school people and whomever is involved in the kid to use that acronym to help form their responses to kids about these crises. So um, I Hmm. I encourage people not to use false statements um, and to validate kids what they're saying, but also try and respond to them in a developmentally appropriate way that's helpful. Try and answer their questions, but try and inspire them. Um, Tell them that the world is a good place, but there are people who do bad things. Um, Mm -hmm. And is is the answer, is the information you're giving them necessary? And then also, is it kind? How are you forming your response? Are you um, supportive and generous in the words you're using and the tone mm-hmm. you're using? Or are you kind of reactive? Um, mm-hmm. and, and to use that to help to speak with kids. I love that. Okay, the acronym again was THINK. So true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a good acronym to remember for pretty much any communication that we're making Absolutely. to anybody. So uh, kids are even more, uh, they absorb even more. But you're right. Yeah. So a child that's asking questions, don't blow it off. Don't be reactive, but really explain to them in a developmentally appropriate way. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't create it. I'll be totally honest. It's in my daughter's school, but I think that is the most fantastic acronym. And I really, you know, I'm not perfect, but I do try and remember it when I talk to her because I really, and especially about um, big questions and about these crises and things that are on TV that, you know, and especially when things happen at school. So more and more there are kids who are living through trauma at their school. And Mm -hmm. it's really important for the school to have an approach and a response. Um, to those traumas and those crises. And simultaneously, Mm -hmm. parents are the biggest emotional support for a child. So they need to um, also be ready to respond and be there for their kids. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They're going to look to you to to model their emotions and to be that safe place, even no matter what the chaos is going out there. Yeah, and I will. I do think it's important to also note that parents can have secondary trauma through their kids. So if a kid was involved or witnessed something at school, that the parent can also have trauma by watching their child go through these emotions, which Hmm. is where the self-care really comes in. Because not only are you trying to get help for your child, but in order to give your child the best version of yourself, you need to make sure to care for yourself and, and kind of pay attention to your emotions. So that's interesting. So you're saying that if, you know, God forbid something were to happen to your child, of course, you know, or, you know, that they saw something, um, they need to address it, but that you as the parent may also have to address some emotions and everything that you may probably want to just sweep under the rug because your first focus is your child. Yeah. And you say, well, I don't have time for me. I can't do that. But the truth is that you can't um, fully be present for your child if you are um, having um, addressed and kind of worked on your own trauma reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's the whole um, put the oxygen mask on yourself first because yeah. you literally cannot. That, that That's not a kindness thing. That is because if you don't, <laughs> no. you literally cannot put it on the child. So yeah. it's, it, it's really a survival thing. Okay, now say in a worst case scenario, you know you do have a friend or a loved one who actually lived through one of these events. And you mentioned that it's more and more likely and possible that people do. How do you help them deal with it? Because, I mean, you obviously, uh, hopefully, you didn't go through it at all. How do you help them deal with it? Um, I think you try and rebuild and reaffirm your attachment and your support to them and your relationship. And I think you um, listen to them and validate them. Um, 
most of us really want to problem solve when we have friends that are talking to us or family members about things that they've gone through. And the truth is that there's not really a solution to what comes, the emotions that come from mm-hmm. these, these big crises. Um, so listening and validating and saying, yes, I hear that you're telling me you're upset and, and trying to just be there and kind of be present with the person and really witness their emotions, I think is one of the biggest gifts you can give someone else. Just being there. I think. Yeah. You're right. Just being there, just listening. And not try. you're right. It's, we we want to problem solve, but just being there. Well, and there's yeah. nothing you can say that's going to take the grief away. So there's no. no perfect comment. So trying to find it will kind of be hopeless. Right. But it is better to be there than to worry about that perfect comment. Yeah. And to avoid. Yeah. I love that. Rebecca, really quickly, you talked about a mindfulness practice. You could have mentioned it. And I want all of our listeners, if they don't know what an example of a mindfulness practice could be, to know. Can you give us an example? And then maybe if they can find more, maybe on your website? Yes, they can absolutely find more on my website. I have some blog articles about mindfulness. Um, okay. And, and remind us Glavin, of your website. Tell us. Yes, it's um, glavincounseling.com. Um, okay. And um, some of my favorites are when I don't have a lot of time, I do a simple breathing exercise where um, I breathe in for a count of four, hold for a count of four, uh, breathe out for a count of four, and then hold for a count of four. So it's kind of like drawing a box. Um, Mm -hmm. If I have more time, I really like progressive muscle relaxations, and you can find um, free versions and guided meditations like that online on the Apple Store. Okay, wonderful. So progressive muscle relaxation. I've tried that before. Yeah, I love them. Also great. But I didn't know you can find free ones on the Apple Store. So literally apps that walk you through it. Yes, there are free apps that can walk you through it that you can download. And there are versions you can pay for, but I don't really see the point. So (laughs) So there are plenty of free ones that you can get online. Okay, Rebecca, thank you so much. This was really, really wonderful. Again, for all of our listeners, um, we, we had some really amazing lessons that we learned today. And it's true, we can't control to a certain extent, what is going to happen in, in the world around us, the amount of the crises, the mass casualties that can happen, but we can control our reactions to it. And that's through ways like mindfulness exercises that Rebecca talked about, the holding the in for four, holding your breath for four, outletting it out for four, and then holding for four, or again, progressive muscle relaxation. And there's preparation. Don't, uh, don't discount the value of learning ha- what to do if there is a crisis. Learn CPR. Learn other through the American Heart Association, the American Red Cross, what to do in the tent in in the case of a casualty. So that if something ever does happen and you're in that scenario, you know what to do and you are not helpless because you are not helpless and you can prepare yourself and protect your family. Thank you so much for listening again. Thank you, Rebecca Glavin. Find her more on glavincounseling.com and follow me on Twitter at Dr. Daria or follow us at ShareCare Inc. Go to our iTunes podcast page. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Again, this is Dr. Daria on ShareCare Radio on Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well.